Welcome to the Molding Private Practice Show, where we help healthcare practitioners in private practice keep true to their purpose and build a life of mastery by providing the knowledge, skills, and tools to bring their dreams to life. In this episode, we speak about the importance of financials in your private practice. Hi, Shats. Ready to go? Hi, Oliver. Definitely. So in this show, we're going to talk about the importance of financials in a private practice. And financials and tax is such a taboo topic. I think for most people and most people in business, we did spend a really good uh, chunk of time in, in one of the episodes where we spoke about uh, how you could do this from a, um, and I think we referenced the book Profit First, which is amazing and, and stuff that we use from a company point of view. We try to use that in our personal lives as best as we can. And it's obviously something that we advocate. But in this show, I, I just want to pick on it a little bit more and just talk about the importance of financials. We do this so inherently that, that you ask any financial manager or any payroll manager that if you paid someone 10 cents less or one rand less, most people would notice that. So it's not that as, a, you know, as, as people, we don't notice that stuff. But I, I definitely find that when it comes to business, I say business because obviously I've been you know, in, in many businesses before and I come from a corporate background as well. And then if I think about private practice, when it comes to that, people kind of forget or almost like diminish the importance of it. Has that been your view as well, Shaz? Look, I can definitely tell you that if your salary comes out one or two rand less, you're going to pick it up. But I find what happens with practitioners in private practice is because they're looking at what's coming into their bank account, they tend to kind of assume that everything that's coming in, they can spend. And where that causes a problem is that you don't actually work out what your salary should be and you wind up coming up, uh, coming up short later in the year when tax season rolls by because you haven't planned for it. So I think earning a salary is definitely a lot easier than running a business and being able to take a salary out of the business. But I think it's very important that you have a clear line as to what is your salary that you can take out of your business every month. Yeah. And as with everything we're doing, um, you know, the book that we, I want to reference today is, is a book called Shift Ahead. And it's by Alan Adamson and Joe Steckel. Obviously, we'll, we'll link to the book in, in the show notes. But what they talk about is shifting or staying ahead of the curve. And that's, that's kind of the, the major point I want to get out of this discussion around financials and tax. And I do want to say this is not... It's not something against practitioners or it's not something against business owners or it's not something against most people in general that don't seem to have a good handle on it. But it is something that you almost want to prioritize. In the last episode, we talked about deep work. And in my opinion, this is one of those items that should be part of your deep work. It's the part that, or it's the aspect that everyone hates. So that's the ideal recipe for picking it as one of the activities that you need to do during your deep work sessions. And the reason I say that is, is we always get the, the, the response from clients or, or clients looking to work with us that, actually, I never understood this. You know, we never got trained about this at Varsity. I don't have an MBA. I didn't even do a financial management course. And my response always to that, and even with our team, you know, when we started upskilling our own team, 
is to say, if you can understand your bank statement and you can understand how money comes in and how money goes out, you can understand financials. Yes, it's a lot more complicated and you know, there's an income statement and there's a balance sheet and there's a cash flow statement. And if you ever got your annual financial statements issued, there's even more notes and schedules and supplementary notes that just make everything complicated. But I would challenge you to, to think of it in exactly the same way that I mentioned now. Is if you can if you can understand how money comes into your practice and how money goes out of your practice, that's the first step. Then you get a bookkeeper or an accountant or or some other company that, that can actually put that and make sense of that from a financial and a tax perspective. But it's as easy as that. If you can understand that scenario and you can understand the discussion around profit first, I think you're in a much better space around this. Around this. And then if you supplement that using the information in this book about staying ahead of the curve and then also thinking about it in terms of deep work, I think you have a magic recipe right there. What do you think, Shaz? Look, 100%. If you understand how your financials work, you can actually plan ahead. And the important things that they mention in Shift Ahead is how do you plan for that inevitability? So if you know how it's coming in and you know how it's going out and you know what your salary should be, you can then also start planning what your saving strategy would be towards your tax payments that come up during the year what your saving strategy would be towards maybe paying yourself a bonus in December. These kind of things do come into play. But if you're not looking at the financials and you're not understanding how the money's coming in and where it's going, come tax season, there's always a scramble. There's a mad dash and this panic of, how do I have to pay so much in tax? And that comes from that lack of understanding on how does your bank statement work? How does your business financials work? And yes, your tax practitioner and bookkeeper will process everything that you've given them and they'll give you a figure and say, this is what you owe the tax man. But if you understand how that works, you can already start planning for what you may have to pay the tax man. Can you remember in the book the example that they gave in terms of, the, in terms of who got it wrong completely? Um, there were a few companies that had gone bankrupt because they'd got it completely wrong. I'm just trying to recall the name of it. But again, they had no savings. They had mm. no contingency towards tax. I'm just trying to remember the name now. Give me two seconds to think. <laughs> no problem. Yeah, so, so the one that I was thinking about was Kodak. And the reason for that is, well, firstly, you know, Kodak went through the, the bankruptcy you know, part to it. But the, the weird thing is because they were never thinking ahead of the curve, Kodak was, was the company that actually had the whole digital photography technology first in market, as in they had the technology, they had the rights to it, but they just never did anything with it. And then, you know, they almost like saw just photography just being with form and they never saw this next evolution of the curve. And what happened was obviously all of the competitors, you know, Canon and, and uh, Sony and, and the rest of them and, you know, just uh, Nikon just basically came through and, you know, sped up that part of the market, which is digital photography. And if you look at now, I mean, I, I, was, I was showing one of, you know, our, our children, like, a, you know, we found one of these cameras that actually used the film 
and trying to explain to them how you took pictures like 15 years ago where you would take the photo with your camera, you know, with the film. You can't see what it's going to look like because you have to see, you know, like you have to look through the viewfinder. And then you have to wait until you go to the Photoshop and then print out the photos so that you can actually see whether you made a mistake or not or, you know, the photos came out fine. That was just ludicrous. I mean, no one uses that medium unless you're a, you know, high-end photographer and you, you really want that medium to express yourself. But in our smartphones, we just use digital photos and we can kind of see, okay, it looks, it looks a bit weird. Let me take it out again. And yeah, so, so that's the example I was, I was thinking about was Kodak. And the reason I think about that and I say, how does this apply to practitioners in private practice? It should reinforce the point that you can't just be thinking about the year and now. You can't just be thinking, and this especially applies to financials and tax, because it's not just the here and now. The here and now is like, do you have enough money in your bank account to pay expenses or to, to have your living expenses? But it's more than that, because you need to almost plan six months in advance. You have to plan a year in advance, depending on when the tax deadlines are. And so it's very important that you kind of use that mentality to shift the head and not just be stuck in that moment, because that's the moment that will be, I would say it's almost like a Kodak moment then, because it is going to result in, in some, some type of problems. Wholeheartedly. I mean, if you look at just 2020, the amount of practices that not being able to work at full capacity or not being able to work at all, where practitioners wound up in a situation where they had they didn't have a budget for to cover their salary and expenses for two or three months whilst not working. And you don't think about it when you start out, but at some point you do need to start thinking about that slush fund, that what happens if, and again, you know, COVID-19 and 2020 is a, you know, a huge example of it, but you also have situations in independent practice where, practitioner now falls pregnant and you're on four months maternity leave. Being a very time-based industry, if you're not able to work and see patients for four months, you're not able to earn an income for four months. You need to make sure that you've got a surplus to carry, carry you through that period where you are not working and from there be able to still maintain and grow the practice. So you do need to be thinking about how do I make sure that I have savings in case of an event like this, but also that I have enough that should I need to pay some unknown expense coming up that I am covered, I am prepared for it, and it is available if I need it. So we spoke about tax just from a just a brief moment there. Is there anything else around tax planning and the importance of it that you would like to stress? Well, with tax planning, I think the biggest thing when you're an, a business owner is that you're no longer having to pay PAYE every month. So because you're paying provisional tax, you're only paying twice a year, you're having to pay a lump sum of it. I think if you actually start looking at what you've decided you're taking out as a salary and working on what you would have paid had that been a salary paid by an employer and actually start saving that money every month, putting it into an account that you've called, you know, my tax account. That way, every single month, depending on what you've taken out of the industry or the business as your salary, you're actually able to save it and put it aside. When tax season rolls around, 
you have the money available. Um, and it's a good way of just teaching yourself that if the practice made a hundred thousand rand this month and you know I have fifty thousand rand profit, that fifty thousand rand isn't your salary. That fifty thousand rand is the business's salary, and part of that forms yours. So you need to start really thinking about how do you spend the money to look out for those tax breaks, but you also need to look at how you manage your expenses. What can you claim as a tax-deductible expense? What can't you claim as a tax-deductible expense? And think very carefully about how you're spending your money and where you're spending it so that your expenses are justifiable business expenses and that your tax saving is there to cushion you when provisional tax season rolls around and that big chunk has to be paid to SARS. Remember, you're paying it twice a year instead of 12 times a year. So you need to keep that one side to make sure that you're covered when you need to make those payments. Yeah, I think you summarized that really well. So if I just expand on it a little bit more and, you know, going again, you know, with the theme of this episode, which is shifting ahead and almost like being ahead of the curve, what we started doing in the last um, year is being able to almost project forward for clients in terms of what their tax liability would be. Now, there's, there's quite a few moving parts with that. And the first thing you have to start out with is to be able to understand on a monthly basis, what is it that your financial scenario looks like? And that's normally your management accounts or your financial management accounts. And that will show you how much your money came into the practice, how much your money went out of the practice in terms of expenses, and what your net profit of that practice is. I'm saying net profit because I'm hoping that's the case. We've got many scenarios with practitioners that say they're in a loss scenario. And I think the challenge with that is how do you get out of the loss scenario because you can't be in a loss scenario forever for obvious reasons. So if you're in a profit scenario, there's an implication to that profit scenario. And from a tax point of view, you, you have to figure out what is the tax liability of that profit scenario. So the way we, we actually call it a proactive tax report. And what we do then is we project for the clients what is going to be their liability based on the information that we currently have in terms of their tax cycles coming up later in the year or, or in the next two years. And that's quite important because, again, being ahead of the curve, you understand that this is coming out. As human beings, we don't like to be, we don't like to be ambushed with this information. I use that term because it was actually a, a client that mentioned that to us in a, in a meeting that we were having with him. And, you know, the, the premise of it was that, you know, we want to be, we want to be told upfront, this is what's happening. And then we can kind of prepare in advance for that type of scenario. So something like that, I would definitely recommend. If your current accountant doesn't do that, I would recommend maybe asking them to do that for you. Uh, if you want to look at a software-based approach, we can help you with that. So maybe just contact us if, you, if that's a scenario that kind of resonates with you. But that's, that's something that you can do quite easily. You can put in the information and the software will be able to tell you quite easily, actually, this is your tax scenario that you should be planning for. So again, being ahead of the curve, you shouldn't use the, the excuse of not knowing or not understanding financials to be able to say, actually, I don't really want to get, get a lot more up to speed with this. I think that would be the wrong approach. And the approach would be put this as part of your deep activities items and if you need any help with figuring out what you know what those activities are 
we're more than happy to, to assist if you contact us. And then we'll go through it and we'll say, you need to upskill on X, Y, Z. And if you do that, I think you're in a good space. Here's the, the resource material that you can use. And I've never come across a client so far where when we go through that info with them, that they actually don't get it. It's, it's actually the most magical moment as well. You know, when someone tells me, actually, I don't understand this tax and financial thing. And we just draw it on the whiteboard in our boardroom. And they're like, oh, that's how it works. And I promise you, every single client or prospective client that we have um, definitely can understand this stuff. Jess, in terms of clients that you have seen working really well with this, this type of scenarios, um, has, does anything spring to mind? I've got, look, on my portfolio, I've got about three clients that are really managing this quite proactively and effectively with simple steps like keeping an up-to-date logbook so that they know what their kilometers are and what their tax implication is on that. Um, managing those expenses on a monthly basis and checking what can they add, what can they subtract, why do they need to you know, why do they need to leverage their expenses towards their profit margins so that they can reduce that tax amount? But I think the most prominent of it is since we introduced the proactive tax report, we've had a good couple of practitioners start utilizing the idea of what they could be liable for and actually starting to budget for it. So you can see every month in the bank account, there is a sum of money that's being moved into a holding account ready and waiting for that tax liability. Now, it is just a projection. Sometimes it's slightly above or slightly below, but it's a lot easier when you've got 90% or 110% of what you actually do need to pay. So you don't feel that payment coming along. Um, we've got another practitioner that also every month very definitely scrutinizes that income statement and makes sure that they're taking a percentage and putting it into a profit holding account so that they know my business turned X, I'm taking 40%, that's my profit. Whatever is left is now salary and expenses. And from there, because they're working on that 40% margin, they already can calculate based on this what that tax implication would be and be able to put those funds aside. It is so important that you know what's going on. So like Oliver says, you don't get that ambushed feeling and if you're looking at it every single month, you know where your expenses are, you know what you need to reduce or increase or what you can add to your expenses to bring that profit margin down and ultimately bring that tax amount down. But if you're not sure what's happening, come tax season, you literally get ambushed with this is what you owe SARS. And that causes its own level of stress and worry and concern of where am I going to get this? How am I going to get this? But if you've planned ahead and you stayed ahead of that curve, tax season should be a breeze. You should be able to walk in and walk out of it knowing that everything is above board. You know what you need to do. You've got the funds available. You prepared for any questions that SARS might ask you because you understand how your tax portfolio works. You understand your income statement and your balance sheet, and you should then be comfortable when those seasons roll around. Well said. I also want to say with that with that amount, you know, what's nice about it is you should actually be making that that savings during the year while you're preparing for the tax amount work for you. So we always suggest an investment account, you know, at least a 32-day account so you can't just take the money out. 
So, you know, coming up front, you know, or coming towards the deadline, you just need to take it out of that account. And then you're earning interest during that time period. So it's kind of making the money work for you. The other thing I hate is that that last month of the tax deadlines where you have to go and present that to clients. And I mean, most, most people never keep that amount of money just lying around. It just doesn't happen that way. But if you're a lot more intentional and you're keeping this money in a separate account, then it becomes a lot more easier and you know that this stuff is coming up. And I think coupled with, the, with that idea of giving you that projected view of what it should be or can be, I think helps con, you know, tremendously with, with the clients. So I'm going to close out with, with what the book uh, or the, you know, the authors kind of give as suggestions. And obviously, we want to apply this to healthcare practitioners in private practice. And what they say is that although there's no magic formula to almost having this thinking of shifting ahead, there are almost five key dimensions which any business can look at in terms of being able to stay ahead of the curve. The first one, they called it financial, having the required financial resources. Goes without saying, if you have that, you're not going to go bankrupt. Then talking about a, having a can-do culture with a sense of team, and they call it cultural disposition. Then the clarity of focus, everyone must be aligned behind a simple, clear, and memorable goal. Executive excellence, foresight is, is worthless if you can't make it happen. And lastly, leadership. So a committed, trusted leader who is forward-looking who is forward looking and also has peripheral vision. It's quite difficult to, to apply all of those things, you know, especially when they talk about teams and stuff like that with a practitioner who's the only person in their private practice. But it's worth looking at it and seeing what parts can you apply. And there's definitely value in terms of doing that. And, and I would challenge anyone that's listening to the show or any one of our current clients or prospective clients, definitely look at that and figure out in my private practice, is there any ways that, you know, based on those five dimensions, that I can do a better job at keeping ahead? And just like we've discussed, you know, a few times now, you know, the, start with the first one and just having the, the required financial resources. If you're not sure how to do that, use some of the strategies that we've mentioned so far in other shows. And if you're still not sure how to do that, we, we're more than happy to come up with a plan with you um, if you contact us. And we can definitely do that together in terms of something that's manageable and reasonable and something that you can, can work towards in terms of your private practice. Shes, that's a wrap from me. Is there anything else you want to add in terms of our discussion? No, I think that's a wrap. I think we've covered all the, all the talking points on this. And, you know, if anybody does need help or assistance, they're more than welcome to contact us and we can set up the time and just walk them through the process so that they are comfortable with managing their financials and tax planning. Okay, amazing. I'll speak to you in the next one then. See you in the next one. Hey everyone, thanks for listening. As always, stay tuned and we'll speak to you in the next episode. <laughs>